0: Welcome to the Draft Breakdown of the Throne League Podcast. In this episode, we'll be breaking down everybody's team and looking at the positives and negatives of each player for those specific teams. Johnny, how'd you enjoy this Draft Breakdown?
1: I gotta tell you, Jacob, I had a lot of fun with this Draft Breakdown, uh, breaking down all 12 of the teams in our league with our good buddy Scott. Uh, it was a ton of fun. It was nice to, you know, sort of take an in-depth look through everyone's teams. And... Uh, Without further ado, I say let's bring on Scott and let's get this draft breakdown started.
0: All right. So we'll go into the first team. We'll look at the first overall pick. Bryce, you know, he got his guy, Christian McCaffrey. What do you guys think about his team? I'll start with you, John.
1: You know, I, I touched on it a little bit earlier in the podcast. It's a no-brainer. You know, Bryce made the easy pick. You know, sometimes you might get a little bit anxious at number one because there's so many possibilities. Bryce said he, he turned all that exterior noise out. He said McCaffrey's a stud. He's the man, and he picked him. I think it's a great pick.
2: Completely agree. No debate there. I mean...
1: what,
0: what do you guys think about this trade between Bryce and Aiden? Why are you trading your drafted team? Why aren't you just sitting on your team? They're, you haven't seen any of them play. What are you guys thinking?
1: Uh, I'll defer you to you, to I'll defer to you, Scott. You can take
2: okay, it. Okay, well, <laughs> I think it's actually a great question. I know I said a little bit about this earlier, but, man, is there nothing more than trading your players before a game starts? no confidence in your team. And it's an Aiden, man. The tracks, they just must be built different to where confidence just isn't in the blood because I just don't understand this. I mean, honestly, for Bryce, though, I think it's kind of a steal. I mean, he's getting uh, grubs, in my opinion, if, uh, if I can use that terminology. Um, and just kind of making out in this trade where I don't really understand it for Aiden. Uh, I guess them I don't know. I, I guess Aiden thought he must be sure he's uh, getting some depth or something I don't, I don't really understand the trade why you trade before week one uh, my philosophy if you want to hear it from the champ i shouldn't really be telling people this the whole league might be listening to this you know i always trade week two always there's always trade in scott boyce's future week two because you see week one some players play a little above their ability i noticed that I, i'm like oh, damn this player on my team playing a little bit better people think oh he's gonna have a good year one week you know bryce is over there oh oh, yeah, dude, I want these players, I want these players. So then you take advantage of that. They're freaking out. Oh, my God, this dude just scored 30 points for Scott. You trade him, he's going to suck the rest of the year. You get from some solid player that a rough week won off another team, and your team's built like a fucking goddess, dude. Like That's my uh, philosophy. i probably fucked up now because now I can't do this next week because one knows what I'm trying to do to them. Um, but I just had a – I thought the league was too easy to one last year, so why not give a few of my uh, techniques away, you know?
1: I mean, you're not wrong, Scott. You did absolutely dominate the league last year, so I think most guys would be willing to take a few hints from the champ himself.
2: Uh, absolutely, John, absolutely.
0: Yeah, you know, looking at Bryce's team, I don't understand the trade because I thought Darren Waller was one of his best picks. I think Darren Waller's going to be an incredible tight end. I think he might be the second-best tight end, maybe the first. You know, he's got a contention for that. Why would you trade away that good of a tight end for an unproven running back? What do you guys think of it?
1: That. Uh, Scott, would you like to go first, or would you like me to take the ball and run? You can take this one. You know, I, I can understand where Bryce is coming from, but the one thing that I have an issue with, this trade makes a lot of sense to me if Bryce ended up with Waller and he began to have doubts. He thought, you know, man, I think I reached on Waller. I think that I may be able to get a mid-level tight end that will give me around the same production, so why don't I move him and get a running back who's unproven but I think has the potential to be a huge deal in Pittsburgh. I could understand that if that's his logic. My only fault is I don't understand why he would have doubt about Waller. Waller should be destined to have a, another big year this year uh, with the Raiders. So from that perspective, I don't get it. Uh, obviously, he likes Najee Harris. Uh, I like the guy too. You know, I, I'm I'm not certain about Pittsburgh, but if I was him, I would have stayed put with Waller until at least after the first couple of weeks of the year. Scott,
2: what are you thinking about this? Um, to be honest. When I first commented about this trade frank with you guys, he's been making so many trades, he's in another league with me. I was thinking about the trade where he traded uh, for Scary Terry, three guys, and I think that was with Aiden, too. Could be wrong. But that that trade, different trade. So, I you know how I said the depth thing and Bryce getting a better player. Scratch all that bullshit. Darren Waller? You're gonna trade Darren Waller? with season when he starts? This man watched Darren Waller last year. Dude, took over games. My opinion about Nachi Harris? He's a fucking bum. He's gonna be a fucking shit. So that's why Aiden's trading him. Because he knows. Oh, this is a rookie. Who the hell knows? Pittsburgh office line, they didn't add anything this offseason. Office line still suck. You know what they did last year? They didn't run for shit. The running back is different city because he's so bad. You know what Nigel Harris going to be next year? Backup because they're probably going to draft another running back. So I think Aiden, huge upgrade. Darren Waller. Huge. It makes no sense to me Bryce is doing here. It must be trying to figure out something because like he knows he hasn't won in the past. So he's like, maybe if I trade one of my best players for some scrub, maybe that'll give me some good karma or some shit. Helping out Aiden, my brother, you know. I don't know what is going through Bryce's mind. But, once again, uh, who knows what's going through Bryce's head, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with all those things you guys said. But, you know, I don't really have much more to say from Bryce's draft. He's got one of the best drafts in the league. If you guys have something, cut me off right now. But I think he's primed to be one of the best teams in the league. I just want him to be confident in his players and start a lineup that's good and can make him, make him uh, reach the playoffs again. So if we have nothing else, we can run over to Jack's team, which – I know a lot of people have some comments on that. Uh, Scott, what's your instant reaction to team?
2: I um, like our team, actually. I uh, love You know how I'm talking about wide receivers. I mean, actually, uh, <clears throat> Keenan Allen I like. Dalvin Cook I like. I'm looking at his draft right now. i seeing two wide receivers out of the first three picks. I like that. That was my instant reaction. But the problem is, man, this dude drafted Julio Jones. Do you even know what team Julio Jones is on? He's not a number one wide receiver anymore. He's old. He gets injured. A.J. Brown's the man. Drafting number two, number two wide receiver on the team, second round. Jeez, Jack, like you deserve to be getting the shit you've been getting. And then Miles Gaskin is your second uh, running back. I know it's thin, but like, man, I don't know, man. I I, I like seeing the two wide receivers as an instant reaction. But now look, taking a deeper dive, I think he has some flaws. Um, I think he got some value, Damian Harris, late later in the draft. Um, so that could work out. I do like some of his late round picks because uh, I told him who to take. So I mean, see if that works out, you know, type of thing. Uh. Man, I don't know. I Jack, man, I <laughs> he might be running for the wings again, dude. Like he'd be down there.
0: Yeah, I uh I agree with that. You know, I think he reached on Julio and Gaskins. You know, those Julio. You know, he he's going to a new destination. He's probably number two now. What is he gonna do? You said all this. I do like Matthew Stafford. Can Stafford come from the Lions be one of the greatest throwers there? Come to this, Sean McVay offense. He's got incredible weapons there. Can he be the guy there? Johnny, what are you thinking about Jackson? Is Stafford the guy there, or does he need to look into free agency for a better quarterback?
1: You know, Jacob, I like the fact that you highlight Matt Stafford. I mean, with his final pick in the draft, Jack selected Cam Newton, and as we all know, Cam Newton might not be playing any football at all this year. So, Matt Stafford has got to be his guy unless he looks to free agency, and I think that the position Jackson with Matt Stafford is going to be the position that a lot of other fantasy teams are in, but also the position that the Los Angeles Rams are going to be in, where they kind of have everything hedged on this one man. We know Matt Stafford is a great natural thrower of the football. That guy can sidearm it like a shortstop to any receiver at any point on the field. But, you know, in Detroit, he's gotten bogged down. He's had a lack of talent. He's had a bad offensive line. He's had inconsistent coaching. So now you move him over to the West Coast. He should be fresh faced with a bunch of new talented players and I think that you know all those factors should be able to add up to mean a big year for Matt Stafford a big year for the Rams and a big year for Jack
0: yeah I think it's right and all on what you said but Jack's team currently on paper I think it's one of the worst teams in the league but you know if he hits on some of these players if Gaskins become becomes the true number one in Miami like he was last year he's got a good team you know I I appreciate what he did with the draft. You know, Dalvin Cook, a great player. He's going to be stomping the league. Could be the number one running back. But I have nothing else to say on Jack. He could be the worst team. He could be the best team. We're going to see how that runs out. We'll come over to the other Shrack in the league, you know. We're getting dominated by this family in this league. We'll be going to their cousins later. But Aiden's team. He made the trade with Bryce. He got Alvin Kamara, which question marks with James Winston. What do you guys think about Alvin Kamara? Is he the third best running back in this draft? Let's go with you, Johnny, first.
1: You know, I've been a fan of Kamara for a long, long time. You know, Jacob, you and I were actually talking during a brief intermission that I actually snagged him off the waiver wire in the year that you and I duked it out in that infamous championship game decided by...
0: Oh, I will remember that forever.
1: Decided by a certain Atlanta Falcon kicker. You know, Kamara is a guy who just oozes talent out of every pore in the man's body. And New Orleans is in a bit of disarray this year. For the first time in a long time, they don't have the old standard, the old standby, Drew Brees to sort of, you know, build up from. So with Jameis and with Taysom Hill and with whatever else Sean Payton throws on the field, there is one true consistent on that entire New Orleans offense, and it is Alvin Kamara. And I think he is every bit as good as the third back in this league, and I think that he has the potential to be the best back in this league. I love him.
0: That's great. I agree. I love Kamara as well. Scott, is Camara up there with Christian McCaffrey and Dalton Cook? Yes,
2: absolutely. Easy answer. I think he missed Winston. I think he takes over that team. doesn't it back. He just runs for the hills with this team. I think he will be the quarterback of the future New York Saints and he will make Alvin Kamara even better. Deep weapons, uh, deep throws that Winston produced will make uh, the linebackers move a little farther back. The safeties and that will open up even more gaps to Kamara. And in the passing game alone, like, Kamara could have 10 catches a game with Winston's quarterback. He likes those little dumps off as well. Um, so I think Alvin Kamara might even be better. And I I love Dalvin Cook. I love him. I think he might be better than Dalvin Cook. I, I was in the second position this year, to be honest with you. but taking Alvin Kamara. I think he's going to be a great year. And Cook, you know, he doesn't, have, he doesn't have a quarterback. Um, can write a around game up there. So in my opinion, Kamara is the second best running back. Behind
0: McCaffrey. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I I see where you're coming from, but I do still think Dalvin Cook's the number two guy in this draft. But Kamara's got that potential. But looking throughout Aiden's draft, you know, he, he had some safe picks, he had some reaches. I'm looking at one guy on the roster. I'll speak on him, and then I, I want to go to you guys and see who you think on his roster is a guy who could break out and be a potential starter for his team. But I'm looking at me, Hardman, wide receiver for Kansas City. I think he has a lot of potential this year. Sammy Watkins not there. I know there's a lot a lot of places for that ball to go in Kansas City, but with Patrick Mahomes on his team, Michael Hardman could be one of the best boomer bust players in his draft. He could be scoring two, three touchdowns every other week and winning matches for Aiden. Do you guys think the same, and is there another guy on his team that could be a, a sleeper pick for Aiden? Let's go with you uh, first, Johnny.
1: You know, when I look at Aiden's team, I see where you come from with Hardman, but I have to look at another player. And that's a player that he acquired in the trade with Bryce. That is Cortland Sutton, the receiver for Denver. I've liked this kid since he came out of, I believe, Ole Miss a couple years back. And he's a big physical receiver, he's fast, he's quick. But Denver's had so much inconsistency at quarterback that it's been hard for the receiving core to truly, you know, expand their full potential. And Cortland Sutton is number one when we talk about that. And Jerry Judy is also in that similar conversation of being held back. This year, they're going to go with Teddy Bridgewater, right? Is that, that's correct, right? Correct, correct. And, you know, I was frustrated a lot last year with Bridgewater when I drafted DJ Moore in Carolina. But we know that Bridgewater has the potential to be a good quarterback and could bring the consistency of this offense that could let a guy like Cortland Sutton become a huge player, become a high-level flex, and potentially a low-level wide receiver too. So I think that could be a dark horse in that big trade that could end up being huge for Aiden down the stretch.
0: I completely agree. You know, Sutton's got some question marks, but he can be a stud for any team. Scott, what do you think in can be the difference maker for Aiden's team.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'd have to agree with Johnny somewhat there. Um, him and I were talking during the draft. Um, we both really like Courtney Sutton, and unfortunately, Aiden snuck him away from both of us. Um, so Sutton would be one. What I really like is Gus Edwards' chance now, because I mean, fortunately for me, uh, my running back going out, uh, his running back has a great chance. I know Le'Veon Bell's coming in, but I, don't know, I just don't think Le'Veon Bell's going to anything special. I think of out with the Chiefs last year. He started talking shit about Andy Reid. I don't think that's going to fly with Harbaugh. I think he'll probably be out of that team quicker than he was in. I mean, uh, Thomas Fears get back for being a loudmouth, so I don't think he'll be anything. So I think Gus Edwards will control that backfield. So I think he has a really good chance. Um, That, I mean, interesting that he had two right ins. So, I mean, Antonio Brown shouldn't be a right in. So I think he could, <laughs> that's the guy to look at. I think uh have a huge year. I mean, it's still Antonio Brown. It's Tom Brady. One of those two wide receivers go down. I don't hope for injuries, but say Mike Evans or Godwin go down, Antonio Brown steps up, and he could be a number two two wide receiver for a team. You know?
0: Yeah, you're completely right. Uh, If there's something that there's a lot of players to get that ball on that team, but if there are some injuries on that team, Antonio Brown could be the steal of the draft. All right, let's move on to Brian. Brian has had some slander thrown around his name for not putting in players having injured players starting games but brian had his best year so far he had one of the best teams last year underperformed in the playoff he went in grabbed derrick henry he got a certified stud in the draft but he got a little choked up drafting two quarterbacks that are supposed to be the top two of the top 10 quarterbacks johnny what are you thinking about these quarterbacks on his team what is his? you think his strategy is with those two
1: As far as Brian's strategy goes, that's a little bit harder for me to put myself in Brian's position. I like both these guys. I absolutely love Hertz. I'm just going to go on a little bit of a side tangent here because I only realized this when I pulled up Brian's page. It looks a little bit like uh, Kareem and Sugar from last year. And The reason why I mention that is because he's rolling with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Juju Smith-Schuster, Noah Fan, which were three guys that I had last year. And let me tell you, Brian, I know why you like those guys. I know why you picked them. They broke my heart, but I do think they can turn it around. Now, back to the quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott. We know that Prescott's coming off a wicked injury, and so I have to think his strategy is, you know, it's hard to put all your chips on one guy like Prescott who's coming off such a devastating injury. And Jalen Hurts was really, really exciting in Philadelphia last year. And the sky should be the limit for this young kid if they can get the players around him to try and lift him up and help him become a better player. So I personally think that I get where Brian is coming from, and I think both these guys have the potential to be fantastic contributors throughout the year.
0: Yeah, hopefully he can look to trade one of those guys if uh, other teams have injured quarterbacks or something like that. But he does look like he has two of the best quarterbacks in the league. Scott, when you're looking at Brian's team, it didn't look like he had a strategy going into the draft. He was just going to draft the best available players. What do you think made his team his team? Did he overdraft some running backs? Was he not confident in some picks? What do you think, going into Brian's head, what do you think happened during the draft?
2: Um, going into Brian's head is a tough uh, task for you to ask me because anyone can crack that kid's brain. Um, honestly, I was kind of looking over there. He was him man. Was he lost or <laughs> What? Take five minutes between each pick, go up there. Someone already picked that guy. I don't know if he was high, drunk, or what. I mean, geez, Brian, a little bit longer there, bud. Uh, I don't, don't know if he had a strategy, man. I mean, say I hate Edward Slayer. I, I think he's a, he's a bad running back. I mean, good, he's on a good team, so maybe he has a bad back here. Uh, I mean, he kind of had to take him in that place because no one else was really left. So, I mean, I can't really knock him there. I probably would have even taken a chance of him there, but I don't think running, second running back's too hot. Um, it's interesting. Kenny Galladay, I think that could be an interesting wide uh, receiver, but I think Juju's a safe backup if it doesn't go well. Um, man, if Edward Siller doesn't pan out, there's no running backs there. He has a backup running back for Detroit and Jamal Williams. He has a backup running back in Chicago, Tarek Cohen. Uh, he forgot the running back was his position. I, I know I'm talking about all wide receiver, but I mean, instead of taking a second quarterback, maybe I'd find a I'm in the rough uh, to have a backup pass, you know? I mean, I don't know, I just... you asked me to crack strategy. I don't think he had a strategy, to be honest with you there, King Cobb.
0: Yeah, you know, I, uh, I I agree. You know, I think Brian went into it trying to get a good team. And, you know, he started off good. You know, Derek Henry, DK Metcalf, certified studs in the league. And then, you know, Clyde, not everybody was high on him. But, you know, your two running backs, they proved to be good. I think Clyde could have a bounce back year If he can win that role in Kansas City, he can be one of the best running backs in the league. So I wouldn't be hating on it that much, but it does make his team not look as strong as some other players in that position would. You know. Uh Johnny, some final thoughts on Brian's team. Do you have a a spot where that could one of these players could be a difference maker for his team?
1: You know, Jacob, I'm gonna get to the difference maker, but I just have to hit one more note on Clyde Edwards Hilaire when we're talking about the possibility of him having a bounce back year. There's a tried and true saying that goes, if it ain't broke Don't fix it, right? And last year for KC, the offense wasn't broke. I don't think they're going to fix it, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was simply not a part of that offense. I think it's going to be a big flop for him, and I think Brian's going to have to figure out something else at RB2. Now, Aside from that negative point, if I'm looking at one guy in this team who's next X-Factor, it's real easy for me. He's a former Kareem and Sugar team member. It's tight end Noah Fant for Denver. That's twice in a row I'm picking X-Factors from Denver. A little bit crazy because that's not expected to be a good team. But we're talking about a massive talent at tight end, which is a very shallow position this year. If the kid stays healthy, if Teddy feeds him, it's going to be a big year. He's got all the talent in the world to do it.
0: Yeah, no, I think, you know, there's some rumors swirling, like if Deshaun Watson clears his case, Denver might be his landing spot. If he's in Denver, that team has got a lot of firepower in it. He might be the difference maker. All right, let's move on to Joe. Joe is a rookie in this year. Some people say he has never heard about the word football. Has he ever played the game of football? Has he ever watched a single snap of football? We'll find out. But he went and surprised the entire draft by drafting Nick Chubb. We're all Nick Chubb guys. Scott, I want to hear you. Are you okay with him drafting Nick Chubb out of the five positions?
2: No, I'm not. I think, to be honest with you, he's the only guy he's ever heard of. (laughs) So he just took the guy that he knew. Um, I'm laughing a lot because, man, it's hard not to laugh at Joe, especially when you combine Joe and football in the same sentence. So, man, Nick Chubb, yes, he's amazing. He's great. I love him. If he's there at 10, I'd take him. Five, you got Jones, Barkley, Elliott and Taylor like even Eckler like Nick Chubb is a top tier probably first round pick but I mean some leagues he's going second round because he's going to split his carries with Kareem Hunt you know it's tough to a guy as your guy that might have some split carry things I will say though uh, Cleveland uh, running backs have the easiest schedule this year among all running backs just based on defenses last year projected whatnot um, saw that stat on line somewhere so i mean that could be a positive for joe so i think joe lucked out the only guy he knew was a very good player um but to be honest with you five i would have taken aaron jones
0: i you know i i see where you come with aaron i think chubb you know being a rookie in the league you want to have a guy that's your guy he came into the draft wanting nick chubb he got his guy he's gonna be riding nick chubb till his chubb runs out so we're gonna see how his team pans out with Nick Chubb, Johnny. My biggest interesting pick on his team is Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett had an incredible year last year, splitting a lot of uh, targets from with DK Metcalf. What are you thinking about Tyler Lockett? Is this guy somebody who should be two rounds away from DK Metcalf, or should he be drafted right next to
1: him? You know, I think that's a really interesting question, Jacob, and it. Here's the short and sweet answer. Tyler Lockett is a critical component to Seattle's offense, and him and Russell Wilson are right locked in together. They have that quarterback-wide receiver chemistry that any offense dreams of. Here's the problem. That would be great on almost any other team that didn't have a guy named D.K. Metcalf on it. And the problem with that is that D.K. Metcalf, while a different receiver, obviously, than Tyler Lockett, is so is such a generational talent that it makes it hard for me to put those two together. I think Lockett has a ton of fantasy value, but the man on Seattle is DK Metcalf. It's going to be DK Metcalf this year. It's going to be DK Metcalf next year. It's going to be DK Metcalf until either he gets tired of Seattle or Seattle goes out of business because that's one of those receivers that will be talked about for years and years and unfortunately Tyler Lockett's not that guy but he can be a valuable fantasy contributor
0: yeah I I disagree with you I think Tyler Lockett is the guy that Russell Wilson can trust he's the guy that on third down third and seven they're looking for Tyler Lockett DK can make these big flashy plays but Tyler Lockett is Russell Wilson's guy I think Lockett could have just as good as a season as DK Metcalf but we'll see how it pans out Scott I wanted you to give me your opinion on Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs, a lot of people are low on this. With Kenny Drake coming into the backfield, can he still be a good running back for the Las Vegas Raiders? I
2: the answer is yes. I actually like Josh Jacobs going to this year. I was hoping I would away with him. I think just, people even gave him to me last year. Like People kind of discredited him that last year, especially with the issues, I don't know, just... The Raiders always just have issues, you know, and, like, talked about in the wrong way. But I think he was a bright spot. And I think Kenyon Drake was brought in to motivate him a little bit. Um, Kenny Drake had a very, very rough year last year. Um, and I think they kind of use that as, like, hey, Josh, we got another running back here. Sure, uh, you don't think, oh, I'm the guy here, you know? So I think he is still going to be the guy. I think he will have a great year. I think the v- Las Vegas Raiders figure it out this year. And Derek Carr and Josh Jacobs combine them to a wild card spot. I know it's crazy. Believe in that. So I think Jacobs could be a great pick for Joe. He didn't even know it. He had no idea who Josh Jacobs was, and could he be good for him? Um, just to point out one little other thing, I thought it uh, was interesting by Joe. I know uh, you just asked about Jacobs was him drafting two Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I like it, though, because one of those two will be Joe Burrow's guy, and I love Joe Burrow. So I think he will actually hit on one of those two, so I think that was a good strategy taking them both. Um, so honestly, I think all the jokes I made about Joe and everything – Somehow came out with a pretty good draft, and he also has Josh Jacobs' backup in case Jacobs does lose the, his role and has Kenyon Drake. So, I mean, he's kind of filled up a uh, spot you could by having the backups of the backups, you know? So, I think uh, Joe could have an interesting year and actually okay on his first year.
0: I agree. I think, you know, even coming with a magazine, looking like a dork, he had a good draft. Johnny, I want to hear your last thoughts on Joe's draft. Is there anything that can be a different ma- difference-maker from his selections
1: you know i'm gonna hint on exactly what scott picked up on with the cincinnati receivers scott said that he believes that joe is bound to hit on one of them because one of them is going to become joe burrow's guy i'm going to go one step further and say i think joe hit on both of them because i as a cleveland brown fan i'm saying this believe that that cincinnati offense assuming burrow is healthy and is feeling good on his feet that offense is going to be downright dominant, and I think that there's enough space behind Burrow's big arm to fuel both Higgins and Boyd to big-time fantasy seasons. You're
0: absolutely right. You know, Burrow was incredible in college. His first, what, six games? I don't know when he got hurt. He was looking like a great pro. So hopefully those Cincinnati receivers can be the difference maker for his team. All right, Johnny, I'm going to let you introduce this team. This is my team. I have a lot to say about my team. I have a lot of criticism, and I have a lot of praise for it. But, Johnny, what are you looking at for my team that can be something that can win the league?
1: You know, Kamish, you got a heck of a ball club here. And I think that, like a lot of these teams, there's a lot of intrigue with a lot of what you've tried to put together here. You went with a similar strategy to me where you neglected running backs in exchange for really going after receivers, and that netted you Devontae Adams and Calvin Ridley, two guys who are fully capable of being perhaps one and two in the wide receiver rankings, and in a one whole point PPR league, that could be enough to push you to a championship right there. I think, however... What you did well was to secure two running backs who should get a fair amount of usage this year. So while you weren't able to secure premium top-tier talent running backs, which was in short supply this year to begin with, you still ended up with Mike Davis in Atlanta and Melvin Gordon in Denver, two guys who should be carrying the ball a lot this year for each of their team. So while it may not be pretty, I think those two running backs might be enough to help you bridge the gap that you neglected in the running back field and ride the strong wave of a strong, heavy receiving core. And I think that'll make the difference for your team.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I like my first four picks, but Scott, I want to hear your opinion on my draft. I want to see where you think I went wrong with this draft.
2: You went wrong, wow. Well, I mean, the thing was to say, oh, you don't have running backs, this or that. But I think you got a stud in Mike Davis. Um, Melvin Gordon was my number two running. You have my two running backs from last year, that championship team. So you took two championship running backs. So that should feel good for you because my team was Davis and Melvin Gordon as one and two, um, and it worked out. So, I mean, honestly, I think you lucked way with those guys sneaking to you, and I think J.D. JD McKissick, great late-round pick. Um, I'm going to suck your dick a little more, and now you say what's wrong. yet. I'll get to what's wrong in a second. You have three amazing wide receivers, but, dude, you have three great wide receivers even past that. You have six wide receivers. What's going to happen is midseason – some injuries are going to happen. Some of these teams that are running back, running back, like Aiden, three running backs out of four rounds. Those kind teams, they're going to need a wide receiver. And, man, Jamar Chase, Will Fuller, Mike Williams. I know there's a lot of speculation about Will Fuller and whatnot. I think he'll still figure his shit out, and by midseason will be okay. Um, And, honestly, I wanted Mike Williams really bad because I love Justin Herbert this year. Mike Williams could have a great, great year. So, I mean, I think you're going to have some trade bait, which is a huge thing to have in fantasy. You always want to have a few extra guys that guys want So I think your bench wide receivers are better than some guys' two starting wide receivers. Um, That's what I think you did great. And I love the wide receiver route, as I've said multiple times. I love Josh Allen. Um, What you did wrong, you have shitty uh, (laughs) Um, bench. Like Tyler Higbee, he's decent, I guess. With Matt Stafford, could be decent. Good. You don't have, like, a premier tight end. You know, you don't have someone that's like, yeah, he's going to get you all 13 points at his worst on this week, you know? Um, and as a hard time before the running backs, but I think secretly you do have two decent running backs. I think Atlanta's offense is going to be a force to with this year um, with Kyle Pitts and Ray Lee and whatnot. So I think Mike Davis will be able to take advantage of their, them having great wide receivers and be able to run the ball. Um, so I mean, I don't see too many flaws in your team, dude. I want to suck your dick the whole time, but man, I honestly, I think some people look at your team and think, man, he has no running backs. He has a shitty team top. I mean, bottom five team in the league, but I think you're going to have a good year. So I, Don't have much else to say, but praise. I know everyone listening is probably like, damn, Scott's been hitting on everyone that's not currently on this podcast and sucking dicks of everyone that is, and maybe I am doing that, but, uh, boys.
0: Yeah, you know, I see where you guys are coming from, but I went into this draft, you know, I didn't have a complete strategy, but when I got the sixth pick, I was like, okay, I want Devontae Adams. He was a stud for me last year. If he stays healthy, he's going to be the number one wide receiver. And then Calvin really slipped to me. And then I loved Robert Woods coming into the draft. So my first three picks I loved. I went, so then I slotted into a zero RB draft. I came back around. Josh Allen slipped to me. You know, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murley got picked over, him. he was supposed to be the second quarterback off the board. So I enjoyed – I loved my first four picks. Where I have problems is my fifth pick. I picked Mike Davis. You know, there's a lot of question marks there. He took over for uh, Christian McCaffrey and was, was incredible. He played incredible. But going to a new offense, can he be the guy to score touchdowns in Atlanta? That's the question mark. I think what I should have done there is drafted a stud tight end. I should have reached, tried to grab Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts, one of those guys to have me give me an edge over other teams. So I think my little balls made me draft this stupid Mike Davis, who might not be a starter at the end of the year. I think that's my biggest criticism of my draft. But you know, to we're. I like my first four picks. I think I have the best wide receivers of the league. I know not everybody agrees with that, but I think I have three top 12 wide receivers on my team, and we'll see how that pans out. I'm going to need a good 70, 80 points for my wide receivers to win some league or win some matchups.
2: Can I ask one a question? Go for it. I'm the guest here, but uh, what you're telling me is way you would solve your team of having no running backs is by actually pushing back your running backs even farther and taking the tight end. Instead of saying, oh, maybe in the next round, it's Kawhi or C. we Receiver actually taking the tight end. Your strategy should be like, actually, screw that. I would have no running backs. Let's push back even farther. and disrespect, Mike Davis, while I'm here, don't be disrespecting Mike Davis while I'm here. Come on, man. Okay, that's all I'm saying.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm going to disrespect Mike Davis a bit, but I think he can be good. If he can get some touchdowns, I think he'll be a great running back to slide in. But I think the value of doing zero RB is having players at positions that can win against other teams, because my running backs aren't going to beat other teams running backs. So if I had a stud tight end, he would be able to beat other teams and have a a difference maker at the position. So I think you need a risk and get some upside running backs later in the draft, which I didn't do. I had small balls. I was being a little pussy. I ran away. I was a coward. I was a little red riding hood run into the face of the wolf i just didn't do it correctly so i think i enjoy i like my team i think it's good i think i can win the league but there's some question marks can i figure out this running back uh situation uh johnny if you don't have anything else we can move on another's team uh where he did the complete opposite strategy do you guys like this running back heavy strategy johnny what do you think
1: you know, while my own personal draft strategy runs in direct contrast to what Nutter was going for here, I can respect it, right? He's going, he he recognized that this year's running back pool was very, very shallow. So he figured, why not go out, smash running backs while they're there, and then rely on a deep wide receiver class that benefits from a one-hole point PPR league and see what that gets me. So, Personally, I'm not in love with all three of his running backs. We know Elliott is incredible. Antonio Gibson in Washington is a little bit of a bigger question mark because of what that offense could be. And the same kind of goes for DeAndre Swift in Detroit. We don't really know what that offense is going to be yet. We know Gibson and Swift are talented guys, but those offenses are unproven. Elliott's a smash hit. You know, He ends up with two wide receivers that also have some potential, but I think the strategy was good. I'm not sure if his execution of it was perfect.
0: Yeah, you know, it's going to come down to his running backs. Scott, his biggest question mark, Kyle Pitts. What do you think about Kyle Pitts? Can he be the best rookie tight end that's ever graced this earth?
2: I don't think he is a question mark. I think he is a certain. I love, and when I say love, capital L-O-V-E, Kyle Pitts. He is a stud. I think he's playing tight end, but he's a wide receiver. He'll be out playing every position. So I think he is low on wide receivers, but low key, his tight end can put up wide receiver type numbers. Think is a great pick. I wanted Kyle Pitts really bad. It made me really mad when I saw him taken because him I was going to take him over Mark Andrews without a doubt in my other league. I took Kyle Pitts over Mark Andrews. I love Kyle Pitts. Um, I don't think he's the question. Mark. I think the question mark is, is the shitty wide receivers. D.J. Moore does absolutely nothing. I don't think Sam Darnold is going to change anything about that. Last year was an absolute bust for D.J. Moore. Johnny knows all about that. Deontay Johnson, he gets more drops than he does catches per game. I know he sees a lot of targets, but man, does that dude have bricks for hands. So. Don't really understand where he went with the uh, receivers. I don't understand why uh, DeAndre Swift, once he already had two running backs, I think Antonio Gibson was a safe second running back. Uh, I know he's trying to make his flex be better with DeAndre Swift, but a safer route would have been looking who else was still there, um, wide receiver wise. I mean, Mike Evans was still there, um, Robinson, Cooper Cup, Mark Cooper, CeeDee Lamb. Um, so I don't really understand DeAndre Swift picked. Um, so to kind of sidetrack from your question, Kyle Pitts was not a question mark. I think his wide receivers, a huge, huge worry.
0: Yeah. uh, You know, his wide receivers are looking a little tough. You know, if Deontay Johnson could be the guy in Pittsburgh, he's looking good in there. But I have some gripes to pick with Kyle Pitts. He has to be the best rookie tight end ever in history to be at this value of his draft, to where he's being drafted. You know, he's got all the tangibles to do it. But is Atlanta going to rely on him and all those possessions to be the guy? It's it's going to be a lot. You know, he, Julio's gone, so he, it opens up a lot for him. But I'm pumping the brakes a little bit on Kyle Pitts. I think he's going to be good, but I don't think he is ready to be a top five tight end. But also looking into it, Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill was one of the first 10 quarterbacks off the board. Does he deserve to be taken that early? Johnny, what do you think?
1: No. Short and simple answer, no. And the reason why I'm going to say it is not as disrespect to Ryan Tannehill, it's not as disrespect to Nutter. I have one simple philosophy when it comes to guys I value heavily in fantasy. They need to be able to throw the ball. They need to be able to run the ball. Tannehill can throw the ball. He can't run the ball. They also have a guy there named Derrick Henry who can pop off a 200 yard game whenever he pleases makes Ryan Tannehill kind of an afterthought. I don't think he's a top 10 guy. I think he has top 10 talent, but not in that offense.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. You know, uh, Scott real quick, Marquez has Calloway. Do you think he could be the guy that replaces Michael Thomas as the bona fide number one wide receiver in new, new Orleans?
2: I, I actually do. I think it's crazy that he was a right in it as well in this draft. Um, I wanted a Callaway as well, and honestly, because he wasn't on the paper, I kind of forgot about him. Uh, he, his value went up in staying him amount when uh, James Winston was named the starter because he will be the guy, Winston. I, I've already talked highly about Winston earlier, what he will do with Kamara. Um, I, Marquise Callaway, honestly, I kind of f- forgot about him because it wasn't right. I think he'll be his number one wide receiver on this team, and he was, what, the fifth wide receiver he took. Um, I think he, he will be the thing that could save another If there's something that's going to save another season, I think that could be it. Elliott has not done much in the last two years. Um, my receivers are thin. So, I mean, Callaway could be the guy that I looks back if he's in the playoffs. Thank God I wrote that guy in.
0: Completely agree. I think Marquez Callaway is a stud in the, in the league. I think he can be a guy that is a league winner. But now moving on to Johnny, your team. Very interesting. Very interesting. You did zero RB, but you did it differently than me. You prioritize getting a tight end and a quarterback before I did. Those two guys, Kittle and Murray, can they be two of your best players on your team, and will they win you a championship? What do you think?
1: Uh, Kamish, before I get to that, I feel as though it's important that I go back and redact because I just recently spouted out some complete and utter bullshit by saying that Ryan Tannehill could throw the ball and he could not run the ball. Upon further review, Ryan Tannehill can run the ball. He ran it 43 times last year for 266 yards and seven rushing touchdowns. So that was basically me being a complete fucking idiot. Ryan Tannehill can run the ball. Ryan Tannehill can be a top-ten quarterback. Sorry, Nutter. Now, that aside, let's get to, you know, I think what everyone tuned into the podcast to listen to is this, this team come hill or high water that I think is an early favorite for best team in the league and also an early favorite for best – wait, I say best team in the league. I meant best team name in the league, but also best team in the league because the two guys you mentioned, Kyler Murray and George Kittle, we know that George Kittle is freaky good at tight end, which is a shallow position. He gets injured all the time, and so does a lot of and so do a lot of his teammates on San Francisco. But when that guy's healthy and I think he's going to be healthy this year, and I think San Francisco's going to be healthy this year, I think he will finish and oust Travis Kelsey as the number one tight end in the league and I think Kyler Murray, who hit his stride last year, is going to continue on that path and assert himself as one of the best young quarterbacks in this league. And between those two guys, I think they will gift me my first Throne League championship.
0: Yeah. You know, I see the the upside in those guys. Kittle, I'm a little worried about him, you know? San Francisco's run-heavy offense. Is he going to get the targets that you want to get him to be the best tight end in the league? I think he's probably the best tight end in the league with his blocking abilities. His catching abilities and his uh separation, but is Kyler the guy that can win a league? I think so. Scott, what are you thinking about Kyler? You had him on your team last yes, year. Yes, will he be able to score the most points out of a quarterback in the league?
2: Kyler Murray is the top quarterback in basketball. Homes. That, that's 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 is... aside. 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 Sit aside. This is my time. This is my time. Let's go. Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Murray, I love you. Okay, and he stole my man from me, he's stolen from me. No, two picks later. I was taking him. He knew it. He just had to think, oh, I think I have a chance. I think I have a chance. I think I have a chance to get him. And boom, snatched him. I me for a loop. I was off for three rounds. Kyler Murray run that football. He can throw that football. He has been for days. You're kidding me? Your third wide receiver is A.J. Green? Oh, man, is he going to have a year? I think Kyler Murray score more points back in their what I think. I think Johnny's team, you got Kittle fucked me over last year, except he didn't because I still won the league getting injured. I had him third round, and that's the other guy I mentioned earlier, injured. So Kittle, I hope he stays healthy for you, Johnny. doesn't, then you might be a little bit screwed. Etienne going down earlier, thank you for that because helped my team out. Katamari, yes, he's the guy. He is the guy.
0: Yeah, you know, Johnny, your team, you know, a lot of question marks, but it could be the best team in the draft. You got a lot of great players. If these players take the solidified number one spot, you definitely have the best team, but Talk to me about this Travis Etienne injury. Is this a, the biggest bust of the draft? Will this lose you out of the playoff spot, this Travis Etienne injury?
1: You know, that's, that's fair because you look at my team and you look at my strategy and I completely neglected running backs. And then how do I get rewarded for that? By one of the two running backs I drafted being immediately injured and he will miss the entirety of this season. I do not believe that will actually affect me at all because I don't want to be rude because my man is injured, but Travis Etienne was not someone I was super high on, but I had to take a running back at some point in the draft. He's the one I took. He got injured. I'm not worried about it. I don't think it's going to slow my team down. I think that my quick wits, my waiver ability, and the extreme depth I have at receiver will guide me, all the way through any adversity I face at the running back position this year, and I feel as confident as I did after the draft, even despite losing a talented player uh, at the running back position.
0: Yeah, you know, I think that's a good way to look at it, but, you know, you and me both did zero RB. I took three straight top-tier wide receivers. You took a wide receiver, tight end, quarterback, and then you drafted a lot of flyers later in the draft to be your bona fide Number three wide receiver in your flex, Scott. Which team do you think is the better strategy? With who do would you rather be in this situation with your uh, wide receivers and overall team?
2: Um, tough. I would go Johnny.
0: Oh fuck off, you piece <laughs> of shit.
2: Um, you're saying between you and him, right? Correct. If I heard you correctly. Two Wide receivers or just which team? Which team? <laughs> Johnny might be a little biased because he has two of my guys from last year. You have my two running backs, but love your wide receivers. um, I really love your wide receivers, Jacob. I think he has a better quarterback. I know you're probably going to say Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Josh Allen. He has 10 times better tight end. Um, most very solid running back. I don't know who his second running back will be. Hopefully not Philip Lindsay. Hopefully he picked someone else up. Um, Tyreek Hill, I'll just put it this way. Tyreek Hill, Devontae is kind of cross each other out, you know? Get advantage with Rayleigh over Lamb. But I think Devonta Smith, I love him. I absolutely love him. I think him and Jalen Hurts will have a great connection. I think he's undervalued. In my league, he's my second wide receiver because I love him that much. Davis isn't used properly in C. He will be used properly in New York, I think. And Zach Wilson will, that'll be his guy. So I think what Johnny has is a lot of guys that will become the guy. And I think Dak Prescott could do the same thing with CD Lamb. He got injured and didn't really get a full go with CD. Um, so you guys, you have more like defined guys, but I think Johnny has more potential. And I would have to go with Johnny just for of quarterback and tight end.
0: Yeah, you know, I I agree with that. He did draft a lot of potential in his in his uh, middle round picks. If those, if any, if one of those guys hits, he will have a better team than. Me. But if none of them hit, he he might have some issue in his flex. But you know, Johnny, I'm gonna be looking at his team a lot. I love his team. I'm gonna be watching it, seeing if his team can, uh, grab out some wins early in the season and become. One of the best teams in the draft but moving on from johnny's team let's take a look at austin looking at the same strategy as nutter he went with three running backs in his first pick who would you rather have austin's picks of running backs or nutters johnny what are you thinking
1: Uh, For me, this is pretty easy just based on my own personal bias. I would have to go with Steno because I absolutely love, love, love the potential for Joe Mixon this year, and he has him at RB2 safely behind Aaron Jones, who's in one of the best offenses in the league. And I think, you know, David Montgomery's prized for a huge role in Chicago. If they ever let Justin Fields take over and really ride that offense, I think the potential there is incredible. With Cohen being down, I'm not sure that Damian Williams is going to be able to fill a void. You know, that might just mean more for Montgomery if he's willing and able to expand his role and be able to catch a few more passes. I, I got to go with Stino here.
0: Yeah, you know, he's got some more solidified guys. Nutter went some more upside with his drafts, but Scott. got... Looking at Austin's starting quarterback, you're facing him week one. Are you worried about Tom Brady? Can he continue to put up numbers as he goes?
2: Yes, he will continue to put up numbers. No, I'm not worried. You know why I'm not worried? What is that? My quarterback's going to put up more numbers. Justin Herbert is the up-and-coming at Tom Brady's level, but he is on that path to where he could be greatest. Just threw the most passing touchdowns ever by a rookie, studs all around. Brady, don't think he's gonna have. This. I think he will decline a little bit, but it'll still be great because he is the go. Um Looking at his team, uh, I love his running backs. <laughs> if I can be honest, I don't face in week one, but man, does he have four really good running backs? Um, I saw that clip with Dave Montgomery like during practice. He's like, Coach, why aren't we tackling each other? Because he, and he's like, Nah, I can't. Whatever. That dude wants to get hit. He likes getting hit. So I think Dave Montgomery's gonna have a huge year. And everything, Joe, uh, Johnny said, Mixon, Jones. So the thing I am worried about, no, it's not the quarterback. It's the running backs. Um, that might give me some trouble. Luckily, he sucks at wide receiver and tight end. Yeah, his two tight ends he drafted.
0: You know, he isn't even starting one of his two tight ends he drafted. You know, he went into the draft. He didn't. He wasn't gonna reach on a tight end. He sat on him. But here's one guy that I'm very intrigued about. A lot of people forgot that he was even gonna play this year. Michael Thomas, Johnny. Can Michael Thomas return to his full strength? What are you thinking about that?
1: Yes, I think the the short and simple answer is yes. Uh, Michael Thomas, I do believe is still that ex- in, insanely talented guy that we all know and so many fantasy owners have fallen in love with. You know, they call him the slant's guy, but he's reliable and he's talented. You know, he's an Ohio State product. I think that him missing time at the beginning of the season is a big hurdle, but it means that he gets a little bit of extra value where he drafts him. And I think that he could be an X factor if Steno is able to remain competitive until Michael Thomas shows up. And assuming that that saints offense is able to get some momentum by that point in the season.
0: Yeah. It's going to be very interesting. Steno's wide receivers aren't the best. Omari Cooper. Is he going to be the guy there? CD Lamb might be taking over that position. Is he going to have a huge dropout? Brandon, Ayuk, a lot of question marks there. Can, the 49ers throw the ball. They're a huge running offense. Will Brandon Ayoub get enough targets to be that guy? Brandon Cooks, who is he going to be this year? So Michael Thomas is going to have a lot of upside for his team. If he can be the guy there, we're going to see. There's another guy on this team that I really like from his draft, Russell Gage. Scott, are you high on Russell Gage? Can he be the number two wide receiver in Atlanta?
2: No. So why? Pitts is number one two. Watch I know he's ten, but he's not. He's the number two. Watch Russell Gage. I'm just not on the hype train with him. I think he kind of underneath the shadow of the six three monster of, of Pitts. Um, I, I I have nothing else to say, but no, he won't. I don't think he'll be anything. It, it could be different opinions in this podcast, but I don't think he is special. Yeah,
0: you know, I can see the upside in Russell Gage, but where is he? Can he take over this role? Kelvin Calvin really kind of had with Julio Jones. If he can be that guy, I like him a lot, but Kyle Pitts is a horse to be reckoned with. Johnny, if you don't have anything else, I would like you to break down Scott's lineup for uh, this next one.
1: I am super excited and honored to be the one breaking down the champs uh, lineup. There is a, a lot to like. Uh, first off, watch what you say, Kwan is a great team name. So I think that's always gets a little extra bonus points for me. But there's one guy on this team that really jumps out to me. He has a special place in my heart because he was a part of Cream and Sugar last year, and that is Los Angeles Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert. Uh, This kid is so fun to watch play. He's got a huge arm. He can move. He can make all kinds of crazy plays. And uh, I think that that's really important to have at a quarterback position in fantasy, and I think that is huge, and I love that pick. Uh, I think Scott has two great running backs, Uh, Robinson's so talented, and he's going to have a huge role in that Jacksonville offense uh, under Urban Meyer. Saquon, we all know, is just a generational talent. Uh, I love the fact that, uh, like any good championship team, he's able to bring back a player from before, and that's Stephon Diggs, and what a great one to bring back. Uh, I expect that the, uh, the sky is the limit for a guy like Diggs. So, you know, I think that Scott's got a really great team here. Are there any guys that jump out to you, Jacob?
0: You know, looking at uh, Trey Sermon, you know, rookie running back, San Francisco's Bath back, backfield kind of open up. Can Trey Sermon be the number one guy? That could be the steal of the draft. Another one that I'm kind of looking at, Cooper Cup. Can Cooper Cup become the number one guy there? Robert Woods has always been an amazing wide receiver. He doesn't put up the huge stat lines, but he's a consistent wide receiver. He will put up 1,200 yards each year, you know, catch 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 touchdowns, whatever it is. Can Cooper Cup become the guy who can contain those, uh those catches and become the guy in Los Angeles with the new quarterback, Matthew Stafford, who loves to sling the ball? That's what I'm looking at from Scott's team. But Scott, what is your team... And how can that translate to a championship team? What were you looking at with your draft picks?
2: Well, let me be honest. I looked out a little bit James Robinson. Um, but also, I got a misfortune with J.K. Dom, so they kind of equaled each other out, I think, in my eyes and most people's eyes. So I was just thinking, wow, I'm the 10th pick. I'm not first overall. all. Who am I going to take? Luckily, as I said earlier, Barkley fell to me, who I thought was still he usually could be a top five running back, and he was there at 10. So I thought I was lucky there. And I was just praying that he was going to take stuff on digs. I was deciding if I was going to do it at 10, a second time I po- uh, picked, so whatever. Five days later, or, yeah. Luckily, uh, Jake took DeAndre Hopkins instead of Diggs. I was really nervous going there. So I was lucky to get Diggs. My whole plan was Diggs, to be honest with you. that's the only plan I even had going to the draft. I wanted Diggs. Um, got lucky to be able to get him. And honestly, okay, my team, just in this way, moving off me trades, here, here, there. I don't think I really need to make a trade, because... Like i have two running backs as johnny said robinson barkley i have two wide receivers in cup and Diggs. i have two quarterbacks herbert and burrow i mean burrow could take over for herbert um, we have no idea um and then i have some mark andrews who's a very consistent tight end um, and then i kind of those guys that could make a name like you said trey sermon jalen waddle who could step up and be like I could be like hey cooper i'm taking over as a two wide receiver sermon could say hey james robinson but i'm here so i think a ton of flaws. I know it's a little um stuck my own dick, but uh, I don't think there's a lot of flaws. I think I have a consistent team, and just kind of see what uh where it takes me. That's what you need for a championship team. I would know all about that.
0: Yeah, you know I I do like your team. You know the J.K. Dobbins injury hurts a lot, but you know you as you said the, the James Robinson slides right in for that situation. You know you took two two second year quarterback, Justin Herbert had. Uh, record-setting rookie year. Joe Burrow probably would have matched him slowly uh, throughout the year if he didn't get hurt. Johnny, who do you like better, and can Joe Burrow become one of the best quarterbacks in the league? Uh,
1: The simple and short answer to that is yes. In my opinion, who I like better between the two quarterbacks, pure talent, Burrow. Um, I think the kid's ridiculous. I think he's a freak. But what you have to consider is he had a brutal injury. Uh, The report is is that he's not 100% right now. Uh, that's a big worry you know how what's that Cincinnati offensive line going to be like so from that perspective pure talent I like Burrow but from a pure fantasy aspect I think Herbert's the guy and that's why I love that Scott was able to end up with both of them I mean he's got Herbert who should out of the gate be what he was last year and maybe even better and assuming Burrow progresses nicely and is able to maybe get his confidence back and and uh get his sort of his weight under him then he'll have uh two great options down the stretch for whatever comes his way
0: yeah you know having two of these kind of unproven quarterback it's gonna it could look good you know if they both play how they played earlier it's incredible scott you took the rams in the 11th round why is that
2: every year the other strategy i have is i want the defense and i want the kicker that i want like, I'm going to get them. I'm going to reach a little bit. Um. So, I was just kind of like, throughout, I feel uh, about running backs, my wide receivers, tight end, quarterback, X. So, I was like, once I felt good with those, I had the uh, two, uh, Sermon and Waddle, I mentioned, kind of two backups in case something happened. I was like, I need another backup? What teams, team I want? You're getting drafted. The kicker I want, you're getting drafted. So, always in every draft, want to be the first person to draft defense and a kicker. And that happened once again. Man, um, Johnny said very long time ago, early in the segment, he said, Scott has done the same thing for year after year, and it finally worked out last year. So why change that this year?
0: Yeah. Now, looking at Caden's team, his team's interest. He, he selected the first tight end off the board. I want to ask you guys real quick Is Kelsey worthy of a first overall, a first round pick? And do you guys like taking tight ends that early? I'll start with you, Scott.
2: I would say no, tight ends that early. But if you're gonna do it, Kelsey's the guy and he's worth it. And I understand the twelve person league as well, like he's thinking and honestly he got two solid running backs, um, and three wide, solid wide receivers after the fact. So somehow, some way it worked out for him. Usually you'd think, oh take, take head in the first round, the exact opposite of what Cena was doing. Um, it would hurt you, but it almost kinda worked out for him. Um, I like it. I think you know how I said I went into like, oh, I want digs? Ken might have been like, you know what, no matter what in this draft, I'm taking Kelsey and can do that because no one else is going to take a tight end first round um and once he saw he had 11th spot i think he's like you know what? i'm getting my guy and i have respect for saying if i want a guy i'm gonna go get him
0: yeah you know you hit the nail on the cuff you know if kelsey was the guy he was coming into in this draft and he was at the 11th pick take your guy get that tight end you don't have to worry about the position all year johnny you drafted a tight end shortly after him do you think this was the right pick for him at the 11th spot
1: Uh, without a doubt, you know, as much as I love that I ended up with Kittle, um, there's no doubt in my mind that had the dominoes fallen in a different way, uh, and Kelsey was there, he would have been the guy I would have, would have taken. I mean, let's be honest. He is the man at the tight end position and, uh, it's hard not to love a guy who's been as consistent and as dominant at his position for as many years as he has been. I know he kind of turned into a bit of a meme when the picture came out in uh training camp where he looked he looked a bit a bit older than we're used to. He looked a bit less trendy than we're used to, but he's still going to be the same dominant physical player at the ten end position. And, you know, obviously based on my own draft strategy, I'm a fan of drafting tight ends that early. So I think Caden hits a home run here.
0: Yeah, you know, I I agree. I would have drafted Kelsey in that situation, you know. Having that guy, he's a top five wide receiver when you break down the points. So getting him that early, it's incredible. You have position one every week, no matter who you face. Another guy that I kinda of look at who's kind of in, who's interesting, Odell Beckham Jr. He's a Brown. He got injured last year towards ACL, but he has been looking incredible in training. He looks like he didn't even get hurt. I think Odell Beckham can be a bona fide number one wide receiver. I think he's the best boomer bust wide receiver in the league i don't even consider him a boomer bust wide receiver i think he will be getting at least eight catches a game and scoring touchdowns that are out of this world what are you guys thinking about him scott do you think odell can be that guy that can win kate in this league
2: um i Odell can have a nice comeback year mm. I think he'll have a good role with Cleveland's offense I think Baker and him will figure it out I think any guy on Cleveland will need a championship just because there's so many of them um, Jarvis is going to get his catches uh, Higgins is going to get his catches Bill Jones is going to get catches Like too many wide receivers go around and we have three tight ends that are going to get the ball Hooper Njoku Bryant Two running backs to throw to Chubb and Hunt um, I think Schwartz is another wide receiver who's a deep threat he's a th- deep threat on the team Odell's supposed to be a deep threat Schwartz is even faster um, I think Odell can have a good year and fit in the role of Cleveland and make Cleveland a championship. I don't think he's a guy that can win the UF Fantasy Championship.
0: Yeah, you know, I I am so high on Odell this year. I think, you know, we saw Donovan Peoples-Jones, a rookie last year, kind of pop into this. Was he a rookie last year? Can you guys confirm? Yes?
1: Was DPJ a rookie last year? Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right, the, a, deep, a rookie last year slot into this Odell role where he's breaking down the defense, getting past this secondary, pulling the safeties. Odell Beckham Jr. is incredible. He can take that role. Looking down, breaking down film, Baker and everybody's saying they don't have chemistry. You know, they didn't have the greatest chemistry last year, but when they can get on the same page and understand where they want to go with the ball, they can be the best wide receiver quarterback duo in the league. And I will say that with my chat. I think looking down the field, Baker is going to be looking for this guy to make a play and to be the guy that will win the Browns the Super Bowl. I understand there's a lot of concern coming off the ACL tear, but I know there's all those hands to feed in this offense, but I think he is the guy to watch in the NFL. Odell Beckham Jr. will be an incredible wide receiver this year. Johnny, looking at Caden's team, who's the guy that you think could be an interesting factor in this team? Can he have a player on his team that can win in the league?
1: Well, Jacob, now as I'm looking through Caden's team, I have to be honest here, I'm having a little bit of trouble. I look at this bench, which is usually where we've been tending to go look when we're looking for these potential X-Factor players, And I'm simply not seeing a whole lot. I'm seeing, you know, we know uh, Bateman in Baltimore is injured, so we don't know what we're going to see from him. But I'm seeing James Conner, Devontae Parker, Sammy Watkins, guys who have had potential, put up numbers, but can't do it consistently and haven't been able to do it year after year. And I'm not seeing any real guy on that bench outside of Bateman if he recovers from the injury that have the potential to show us something that we haven't seen from them before. Now, when we get to a starting lineup, you know, do I see an X-Factor championship winner here? I already talked about how much I love Kelsey, and I think he's a fantastic player. I am a Browns fan in my heart of hearts, but I don't think Baker's anywhere near that. You know, I think he's got solid, reliable players, but I don't see anyone jumping off the page to me to say, this guy's going to break out, have a huge year, and win him a championship. And that's no disrespect to Caden, but that's just what I'm seeing right now.
0: Yeah, you know... His team's got question marks, but I think he's one of the sneaky best teams in the league. Got the best tight end in the league. He's got Ackler. Ackler could be a top three running back. You know, I see higher upside from him than Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb. But one guy who I'm not high on is Chris Carson. Scott, can Chris Carson be a solid running back in this league? Could he be a running back one for a fantasy football team? Caden's got him at number two, but could he have that potential? That's game changer. Scott, what do you think about Chris Carson?
2: I think he has the potential, um, not to be a one. I don't think he can do that for you. He can be a very solid two. Um, I a little biased from that because I have in my other league, but Carson, I think Seattle's always had this like turntable of backs going through here or there, here or there. Um, I think Carson puts his foot down this year and says, this is my back room. I'm the guy. I'm going to show Pete Carroll why I'm the guy. Um, he could be a very solid. I mean, as a two running back in the league, if you can put up 15 points, 12, 13, you know, anywhere around that range, 12 to 15, solid. I think Carson can do that for you. I can think he can get you uh, 60 yards and a touchdown each week or 120 yards and doesn't score. Um, I, do, I don't I do think he can be a one. I don't, I don't think he has it in him. Um, I, I hope he proves me wrong, but I don't think he needs him to be a one. I think he has that one in clear so I think he has a solid one-two punch at running back. Um Just the wide receivers that are questionable. Um I said earlier he has three solid wide receivers, but also there are three question mark wide receivers. Allen Robinson, he's a great wide receiver. Do you want to throw it to him? I don't know. Beckham, stay healthy. Does he have connection? I don't know. Anderson, do we even have a quarterback? Like What is Sam Darnold? Who is he? What type? Of, we don't know what type of quarterback he is. He he loves throwing the ball to the other team. That's all I know. So that's the real question mark is wide receivers.
0: Yeah, you know, looking at his wide receivers, they're. You know, older kind of vets in the league. Can they consistently play? And can they jump into a bigger role in their offenses? That's what I'm looking at for Caden's team. He's got some good picks in his early picks. His quarterback's a question. Baker, I love the man. I think he's going to be incredible this year. I think that's a great pickup, getting him on his team. But looking at his team, I think Caden is the most underrated team. I think he has some incredible picks. I think Odell is going to be amazing for him. I think Odell is going to be the breakout player of the year. So I'm going to be looking at Caden's team every single week, seeing how they play. Johnny, last second thought on Caden's team: Will he make the playoffs?
1: You know, it's always it's always tough to be handed these uh, these questions, Jacob, that are that are gonna potentially put somebody down. Uh, as I'm sitting here under the gun. Uh, Caden's going to miss the playoffs this year.
0: You know, it, it is tough to pick, to look at somebody's team this early and see if they can make the playoffs. Is he going to be a waiver wire uh, whiz? Like he was last year. He he won the Matthew Barry Award. So can he pick up those players that can win him the league? That's what we're going to look All right, now looking into the final team, 12th selection of the draft, Jake. He's a rookie this year. You know, he's had fancy experience in different leagues. He slacked the Jonathan Taylor with his first overall pick, I pumped the brakes on John Taylor, Jonathan Taylor this year. There's some injuries on that offensive line. Scott, I know you had him last year. Did you want him this year? Was he a guy you were looking? No,
2: traded him last year for Eckler. What I did. I textured him. Textured who was it? Taylor and Kittle. Yeah, it was Taylor and Kittle for Austin Eckler. Well, I think like late in the season for my playoff run. And look what that did for me. Um, I did end up having a good end of the season. Um, I don't oh man that quarterback situation. Austin Lions injured, like you said. Did the Colts have a good offense? I don't know. Their defense is good. I can tell you that. means nothing to their running back. Um, don't think Jonathan Taylor should be picked before Austin Eckler. I don't think he should. I mean, simple as that, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, you know, I love Austin Eckler. You know, I put him right up there with those top five, six guys. You know, he's going to be catching some passes. Can Jonathan Taylor, in his second year, be the guy in Indianapolis Uh Marlon Max come back on injury. Naheem Hines is still there. Is there enough carries for him to be that guy? We'll find out. Now, looking at Lamar Jackson. Johnny, can this guy be an MVP again? He had a good season last year, but he did not have his MVP season. The Ravens are hiding his throwing patterns this uh, offseason. They're looking to throw the ball more. Will Lamar Jackson be his MVP self?
1: You know, Jacob, Here's here's... I love Lamar Jackson in theory, but in my opinion, he's not a great thrower of the football, which is the first and number one priority of any quarterback. Now, that being said, he's one of the very few players that I believe we will probably ever see play the game of football that can do that so mediocrely and or poorly on occasion and get away with it because this guy can simply run. He can run like no tomorrow. He can outrun nearly any player in this league and I think that alone makes him year in and year out as long as his legs stay under him and as long as he's able to remain healthy enough a always in MVP contention kind of guy you know I thought about drafting him myself uh, he's a really talented guy But, you know, you talk about them trying to hide his throwing patterns. I just don't believe that in his heart of hearts, Lamar is able to throw the football well. I don't think he's anywhere near some of the other guys that are in that top 10 quarterback conversation in terms of being able to throw it. But with his feet, he might be the most explosive playmaker we have.
0: Yeah, you know, Lamar Jackson can win you fantasy football season. That's why you pick him on your team. He can be the best player in football. He is two years out of a... MVP season he is still one of the best quarterbacks in this league now looking at his tight end position he drafted Robert Gronkowski in the nine. are you looking at Gronk and can you say he is still a good tight end in this league Scott what do you think
2: he's a good tight end but he won't be used the tight end until late in the season if the Buccaneers need wins or in the playoffs um him on my bench last year I threw him in on occasion to win uh bye weeks or injuries or whatnot um, all he can do is this. He'll, if he does have a good week for you, it will be one third yard catch with a touchdown for 90 yards or maybe or maybe a two-yard touchdown catch as well, so it gets you up to 15, 16 points. He's not going to catch the ball 10 times. Um, he's not going to even run possibly. He's going to be blocking a lot for the Buccaneers. Um don't think he's the number one tight end team this year. Uh, he could prove me wrong, but I think, honestly, his later round pick, Hunter Henry, is the starting position for him.
0: Yeah. You know, it it is very tough to find a good tight end in this league. Is Gronk a good pick there? We'll find out. Looking at his flex position, he currently has Chase Claypool in his flex. Can this guy be the guy in Pittsburgh? There is a lot of question marks in Pittsburgh. Johnny, what do you think about this Pittsburgh wide receiver core? Is it too many receptions to go around for all three of those guys?
1: You know... Pittsburgh is tough. This is a really, probably the hardest team in the NFL for my bias not to come into. Uh, In my opinion, I think that this Pittsburgh offense is bad. I don't see them being able to do a whole lot offensively this year. Now, I could be wrong because these guys seem like they should be okay. You know, I mean, Claypool sort of broke into the league in a major way last year, making some huge plays early on in his rookie campaign. Uh, personally at his flex position I'm looking at the bench and I'm liking Michael Gallup in Dallas a whole lot more than I like Claypool just because how those offenses I believe are going to run uh, I just don't have a lot of confidence in Pittsburgh this year like I said there's bias involved in that I haven't been high in Pittsburgh in a number of years so personally I would be swapping Claypool for Gallup in week one
0: yeah you know that Dallas wide receivers are kind of looking exactly like these Pittsburgh. You know, there's some more question marks in Dallas, but as you said, you know, there is some options to look at in that flex position. You know, Scott, looking at his team, is Mike Evans still the guy in Tampa Bay? Last year, Chris Cotton was taking a lot of ca- uh, catches. Can Mike Evans still be a number one wide receiver?
2: I think he can, um, but I think the way Tom... Uh, Tom Brady operates. Ever really has? I mean, he had Randy Moss at one year. He performs better. There isn't just that one guy. If he starts targeting Mike Evans only, Evans will pick up on it. I think Tom Brady and Buccaneers offense is uh, the best. He's one pass to guy, one pass uh, to Antonio Brown, one pass to Mike Evans, to Gronk, for Nat. Um, don't think he, or, in the organization to just be throwing to one guy. So in fantasy. I don't think Mike Evans have a huge year. I think he'll have a very consistent and exactly what you expect and kind of similar to last year type of thing.
0: Yeah, you know, I agree. And then looking at his team, you know, his bench, it doesn't look like the strong. He drafted a lot of handcuffed running backs, you know. Latavius Murray recently cut. He didn't know that during the draft. But can this bench flourish into a strong team that he can push in during through bye weeks? Johnny, what are you thinking? Is A.J. Dillon a stud? What are you thinking?
1: You know, I don't want to be overly tough, overly harsh on the rook. You know, I think he won this draft, and I think that he really tried to do his best. But I look at this bench, and I see uh, a lot of weak links. Uh, I don't think there's enough room for A.J. Dillon on that Green Bay offense to get uh, enough volume to see what you're going to want to see. Now, like I said, I think Gallup's a good player. I think Tyrell Williams in Detroit could work. But uh, I look and I see Fournette and I say, I don't know. And I see Aguilar and I say, I don't know. There's just, I don't know if I can really feel confident in this bench, you know. And the starting lineup he's got going is, is good, but he doesn't have, you know, I don't think he has a lot of room to, you know, a lot of room for error here if if some of the starters underperform or hit the injury list yeah you
0: know he's got he's pretty top he's very top heavy with his team you know he's got a question marks in his bench but if jonathan taylor turns out to be the guy he's a top seven eight running back jake's looking at one of the best teams in the league deandre hopkins we all know deandre hopkins stud mike evans he plays like he usually does jake's team is a team that you want to look out for. If you guys have any other thoughts for any other teams, I want you guys to throw them out there. But I think this was an incredible draft breakdown. I think we broke down everybody's teams, saw their weak spots, saw their strengths. Johnny, what's a final thought for this entire draft board?
1: You know, my final thoughts are, are kind of in a general sense. You know, what we sat down here and today and tried to accomplish is is tough right we're just going into the season we haven't seen these guys play yet it's always so exciting after you've drafted your team because there's all this potential and hope for what could be so today you know myself jacob and the champ scott have offered our own opinions i think it's important that we all sit back and and realize that all of this is out ahead of us now and each week you know we're going to be back with this podcast and we're going to be breaking down what happened and we're it's, it's going to be, I think, a nice uh, sort of trail to see our thoughts throughout the season and, and uh, sort of ride this roller coaster together.
0: Yeah, you know, I think what we did here, we saw the strengths and weaknesses of everybody's team. We're going to watch this breakdown every week, and we're going to be wrong. We're going to be incredibly wrong. Some of us might be right, you know, but everybody is going to have some excitement this year. We're going to have... Probably the best year of football this year. We're going to be riding the Browns. We're going to be riding our fantasy teams. And I am just so excited for this year. Scott, what are you thinking about these drafts? How did it go for everybody?
2: I just want to say, uh, for anyone's feelings, I've been very harsh on teams that I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. To be um, what I said today is how I felt about your team. If I rate, uh, praise your team, I like your team. I right team, it's nothing to do with past and stuff like that, unless your name is Bryce. Because I always beat him. So if your name's not Bryce then, it was my honest opinion. Even Bryce's team, I think, gave an honest opinion about. But I think it's going to be a very exciting year. I think we're going to have a lot of fun. There be a lot of talking, um, people throwing their opinions around. And like you said, they're going to be wrong sometimes. They're going to be right. Me probably more right than wrong. But I just want to tell the league one thing, and that is the champ is here. He's back. Going for two straight. If you want to win this league, through me. Try and take me down. Stino, you have the challenge week one. Let's see what you can do. One in the gauntlet, win this league on the two time, going to be. I just want to say thank you so much for having me on this podcast. This is a blast. Wait to listen to it because I love hearing myself talk. I love being the champ of this league.
0: Scott, you know, I love when your cocks in my mouth. I mean, I love hearing your voice in my ears, but <laughs> <laughs> you are the greatest guest we could have for this week zero breakdown, you know, the draft breakdown. We loved your opinion. Johnny, what do you think? Scott brought to this uh breakdown that we couldn't have got from anybody
1: well i think it's i think it's what everybody knows scott's just a uh scott's a happy-go-lucky guy he's fun to be around he is the champ you know he he can talk the talk but we learned last year that he sure as hell can walk the walk too and uh uh, like you said he, he was the guy to have on here and be our first guest and uh thank you scott for being on here with us it was a real pleasure
2: thank you guys appreciate
0: it it was incredible one last question for you scott yeah have you creamed on the throne yet?
2: Um, I didn't even make it home before I did.
0: Oh, uh, that's what away. we love to hear, man. That's what we'll we still love.
2: Get to... in the car and. Uh... <laughs> no,
0: no more <laughs> questions know. needed. We loved. We loved having you on, Scott. You're a great addition to this episode. We look forward to seeing your team perform. You got one of the most interesting teams. What's your final thought? Who is the team that you want to fuck the most?
2: Oh, I... Probably an obvious answer. I want to take down Bryce's team. Man, does that dude know how to talk shit. Every year I beat him, and he still thinks the next year he's going to come back. I want him to make the playoffs. I want to have a great early season, and I want to take him down again. It was so much fun beating him in the playoffs, having him just talk, 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 and then boom. Talking was gone come Sunday. It was just gone. Sat down, <laughs> laid an egg, do shit. That felt amazing. Um, So that's who I want to take down the most. And I really hope I can be back on this podcast again this year. Um, Hopefully I'm like 6-0 or something. You guys want to hear the best team the league's doing. So uh, I really hope that uh, I'll be back.
0: Yeah, you know, I enjoy the banter between you and Bryce. You know, you guys play week six. Maybe we'll have you on for a preview before that week. You know, you guys are two of the biggest smack talkers in the league. We'll see how you guys do this year. You guys – made the playoffs last year. We'll see how it goes. Johnny, closing thoughts for the first week of the Throne League podcast.
1: Uh just just full of optimism. I think it's the most excited I've ever been going into a season, and I think that this doing this podcast is only going to add to that and I uh I hope that you guys will find it as to be a fun, you know, way to interact with the league and uh I hate to say it, but uh I'm going to go in week one and I'm going to kick the absolute shit out of Nutter. So I'll see you boys next week.
0: We love you guys, Johnny. Go. We'll see you guys next week. We love you. It's the throne league. We signing off. Goodbye. Peace out boy.